Welcome to the Collective Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, please visit thecollectivechurch.ca.za. jump into this word. Um, I really feel like it's a word for the season for many of us in this community. And um, the last two evenings, I've been sitting with the weight of what the Lord is doing in our community. And so I hope that this word is an encouragement to all of you for the place that you find yourself in right now. I'm going to be speaking on stewarding our promises, stewarding our promises. So Really, it's an encouragement to nurture and cultivate and hold onto and be intentional and active with the promises that the Lord has given us both in Scripture and the personal promises over our life instead of passive. So it's a call to actually engage with the promises of the Lord. And um, I chose the word stewarding because the root of the word is stig, which means house, and ward, which means guard and protect. So the idea is that we would guard and protect the lavish promises of God in our lives, okay? So first of all, let's have a quick look at what is a promise. A promise is not a wish that you make on a birthday cake, okay? A promise is a covenant vow, but there's someone on the other end of that promise guaranteeing the statement, which makes all the difference, right? There's someone on the other end, which when we speak of the promises of God, is the Father guaranteeing what he has said. That's a big deal, okay? So the scriptures have thousands. There are happy children today. <laughs> it's happy noises at least. So there are thousands of promises in the word. I cannot list all of them to you. I kind of Googled, there are at least 3,500, but it went up to 7,000 and something, okay? So the promises in the scriptures, in the word, are like from Peter, 1 Peter, we will participate in the divine nature. Jeremiah 29 verse 11, I promise good things and not harm for you, etc., etc. The promises held in the word for us as his children and for his plans for humanity and the world, okay, those are the promises of God. And then we get individual promises that the Holy Spirit speaks over our lives, which really is the thread of the promises from his word coming into our personal context, right? So the promises to provide for us and not to harm us, that, that begins to, as the Holy Spirit speaks through prophetic words and into our own hearts, his personal promises, but they're actually really based on all of the promises in the word, all right? They're the things that we are holding on to in our lives, to see in our marriages, to see in our own personal transformation, to see in people getting saved, to see heaven come to earth, to see healings, to see transformation in society. Those are the promises of God that we're holding on to, okay? I want to read you the most encouraging scripture, and that is from 2 Corinthians 1, verse 20. For no matter how many promises God has made, all 7,000 of them, okay? They are yes in Christ. Every promise is yes in Christ. And so through him, amen is spoken 
by us to the glory of God. Okay? Every promise in the word is yes in Christ. He changed the game completely. From the moment he touched the planet with his death and resurrection, everything changed. And God has this great plan to reconcile everything to himself through Christ. Every promise is yes in Christ. Our fitting response is not, so that doesn't sound realistic. Or that didn't work out for me, so maybe it's a little bit much. Or wow, you know, that's not how it is now. Our response is, Amen, Jesus, Amen. And it goes on to say, Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us and set his seal of ownership on us and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. You see, the Holy Spirit is inside of us and he is continually creating a hunger for the promises of God to be fulfilled in our lives. Our new creation reality self that Rob spoke about from Ephesians over the last couple of weeks, that self is longing for the promises of God to come and be fulfilled in our lives. And so there's always this pull towards that. But disappointment and hurt settle in and we numb ourselves to the reality. But today I want to champion each one of you. We need each one of you to hold on to the promises of God in your lives. Why is promise so important? Okay? Promise can be seen like a carrot on a stick ahead of us. If I could just get that prize, maybe if I could like work stuff out hard enough, if I can get my behavior right, if I can just get, grab that prize, I'm going to get that thing that the Lord has for me. It's all going to be okay. It's almost like this little man in like a video game where there's like a thousand points. If I just grab that, ding, I've got the promise. That is not true. The promises of God, and this is why it is so powerful and why we have to steward our promises, is because the promises of God, when they are expressed in us and through us and we see them being fulfilled in our lives, it is a tangible manifestation of the nature of God. It is experiencing the reality of heaven on earth. It is the tangible, I'm going to say that again, expression of the nature of God through our lives. Okay, Every promise comes from the good father. It is a promise of his faithfulness, his provision, his kindness, his joy, his healing, his salvation. It is based on his nature. And so when we go, you know what, I'm disappointed, I'm not going to hold out for those promises in any area of our lives, we're, we're, we're settling for less than the manifold, expressed and tangible nature of God being expressed through our very lives. And that is why promise is so important, not because I want you to grab that little prize for you in your life, but because I wanna see the nature of God, who he is expressed in each one of us individually and as a community. My favorite example from scripture of receiving, stewarding, looking after and birthing a promise is regarding the greatest promise of all, and that, of course, is Jesus, our Savior, the Messiah that was promised to be um, the children of Israel. And so my, the character that embodies that for me is Mary. So Mary was probably around 14 years old when an angel appears to her. That's like just younger than Mads. And an angel appears to her and says, you have been chosen. You are going to bear the Messiah. 
Can you imagine like the limited understanding of what was really going on in, the, in that moment? But her heart is like, I am the Lord's humble servant. Here I am. I am the blessed one. If you go and read her song, the song of Mary in um, Luke 1, you just see this beautiful heart response. But let's be honest. Can you imagine what she faced? She was engaged to be married. Her reputation must have been in shreds when that news came out. And yet her heart was positioned to hold the promise of the Messiah to walk that road faithfully and to see that promised birth with limited understanding. Her physical womb was overshadowed by the Holy Spirit. Christ was formed and that was the promised birth. And I want to say, guys, that our lives are a womb for the Holy Spirit to overshadow and to birth the promises of the Father for us individually, for our families, for our communities, for the nations of the world, and to birth those promises through our lives. And the overshadowing of the Holy Spirit is everything. You know, if we just list those promises, it's black and white, like there's a list of 7,000 promises, but the Holy Spirit makes them alive and he works it into the fabric of every day and he partners with us in seeing us birth those things that are on the Father's heart. And so let our response be, Lord, just like Mary, here I am, do in my life, do in the womb of my life whatever you want to do. I want to quickly speak about dreams and hopes and longings because they really come from the promises of God. So each one of you have dreams and aims and goals and longings. I just want to say that bring those things, all your I want to do, this and this and my bucket list is this and this, bring those things to the Holy Spirit and let him overshadow them. Because I really believe that the Father loves the desires of our heart and the desires of our heart are meant to be in partnership with the Father because it's beautiful. What's in our heart is how he wants to manifest those promises, okay? But we don't want to do it in independence. We want to bring our dreams and our aspirations and our hopes and aims and we want to say in a conversation, not one-sided, hey, Father, what is on your heart what is on your heart? Because I want to share in your dreams. We want to bring our promises and our hopes and our dreams, and we want them to be formed and shaped through the Holy Spirit by what is on the Father's heart. And so we need to learn how seeking first the kingdom of God actually moves into every area of our life, including those dreams and hopes and, and goals that we set out. The greatest thief of promise is disappointment. Okay? Proverbs 4 verse 23 says, guard your heart. Okay? Guard your heart for everything that you do. You may not think it, but it's true. Flows out of your heart, so guard it. And Proverbs 13 verse 12 says, disappointment makes your heart sick. It puts it like um, um, hope deferred. So the disappointment, things that never happen, makes your heart sick. And disappointment is, is that seed that you are meant to birth for your future, the vision that you're meant to carry for your future, that gets shut down. And so disappointment robs you of a future. 
It robs you of a future. And so it's something that we need to guard that sickness that wants to rob our heart. Because even if you're holding on to a promise and you see this much in your lifetime, it's actually that our children and our children's children will walk into the promises of God that we have maybe just walked into or just stood firm in, and they will continue. And that's why we cannot let disappointment and hurt settle in our heart. You know, we, together with the Holy Spirit, have to guard our heart. What we often allow to happen is for disappointment to become the God. So he walks like this and he creates this wall and he's like, no, no, hope, sorry, we've done that. We're not going to do that again. Dreaming, absolutely too risky, definitely. Risking on relationship, no ways. I've been there and I've been hurt. So disappointment becomes the God and we need to partner with the Holy Spirit to allow him to pull those weeds of disappointment out because it's robbing you personally and it's robbing us in our togetherness of the future that the Lord has for us to walk into. While we're on this topic of disappointment, what about contradiction? Okay, Many people in this beautiful community are experiencing the contradiction, the the wind, the waves that are coming right at them against the promise that they know the Father has for them, the calling on their lives and the breakthrough that they're hoping for and the provision that we're longing for and the healing that we're trusting for. And yet there's this contradiction. It's not happening. Things are difficult. It hasn't happened before. This contradiction comes. But I want to say that that is the moment that the Holy Spirit wants to use to make it your greatest moment of walking into the promises of God. And last year, we were talking about friction. We were going through some stuff and we were saying, sure, it's hard sometimes when you feel that contradiction, you feel that opposition coming towards you, you feel the friction of that. And Pastor Sean over here, he, um, he shared from T.D. Jakes and he was like, no, Contradiction is the headwind, just like an aeroplane. The headwind, the wind comes towards the plane, and actually the pilot's like that. Because as the plane goes, it's able to lift higher, faster on that opposition. And, you know, I know we're in this together. I know so many stories of us friends in that space. Don't shut down, don't numb, don't... Just let that be your defining moment to hold and stand firm and for, like Sean was singing, and mean, in that weakness, take strength. The Holy Spirit wants to make that your defining moment in the face of contradiction. So I want to just quickly look at a, a key that I, uh, the Lord showed me about two weeks ago, and it was such an encouragement for me. It's from Exodus 23. And the Lord is going to give the Israelites, their promised land, okay? And so I'm just going to read from Exodus 23, verse 20. God says to his kids, See, I am sending an angel ahead of you to guard you along the way and to bring you to the place that I have prepared. Psalm 123 says, The Lord goes into our future to prepare a way from the Passion Translation. The Lord goes into our future to prepare a way. Just picture that. Just picture like the land of your future, all the things ahead for you and your family, for us as a community, friendships, the things you're going to do. He has gone ahead and he's made a way for us, okay? 
My angel will go ahead of you and bring you into the land of da 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 da. And then he lists all the different obstacles that they're going to face, all the tribes that they're going to face. And he says he will send his terror ahead of them, very cool stuff, and throw everyone into confusion. But listen to this, verse 29. But I will not drive them out in a single year because the land you would, would inherit would become desolate and the wild animals too numerous for you. Little by little, I will drive them out before you until you have increased enough to take possession of the land. I'm going to read that, that verse again. But I will not drive them out in a single year because the land would become desolate and the wild animals too numerous for you. Little by little, I will drive them out before you until you have increased enough to take possession of the land. <laughs> they had to increase in order to sustainably take the promised land that the Lord had for them. They had to increase. And for me, if you grab that promise, like that'll be your rescue, you will find the land becomes <coughs> desert to you because you haven't walked it with Jesus. And the wild animals to me, it's like the stuff that you get to walk out while you're holding on to those promises. That's what builds the grit, the stamina, the character so that we can sustain the promises of God in the years and the generations ahead. I would not like my life to end and everything I've done with the Lord to close. I would like my life to be the launching pad, the foundation upon which my children build. May their children still be building on the foundation that Rob and I plowed, whether that's in family, in relationship, in relying on the Holy Spirit, in church. And that only happens if we increase. And so there's, hmm, there's this tenderness in the Father's heart that we would increase in wisdom and perspective and wholeness. Guys, Jesus could come in one second and stand on the Mount of Olives and preach to the world and everyone would be saved and everything would be great. But he has chosen partnership. And sometimes I don't know why. I'm like, that wasn't a great plan. You coming yourself would have been better. But he has chosen partnership with us. Isn't that just the most incredible thing? And in that partnership, we want to hold on to the promises. We want to hold on to the things in the Father's heart. And we want to see them birthed and take ground in our lives and in our community. That his nature, that the nature of the Father would be established on this planet. And no matter how hard that is, guys, it is worth it. I think they're putting me off. They're making me cry because they're here in the front row. And I'm just like... It's going to go through to our next generation, guys. And I just want to say, yeah, um, I want to say the Father believes in you. The Father believes in me. And the Father believes in each one of you. And the promise that you're holding on to is so important for us as a community your personal promise, that you stand firm, whether you're waiting for healing in your body or you're wanting to start <clears throat> a social justice initiative or you're wanting to see breakthrough in your marriage 
or you're holding out that a friend will get saved. Your promises are so important. We want to walk together into the kingdom being established in our city, in our community, and in the nations of the world. Let's be real. I think every one of us has a story of of church that has been disappointing or hasn't been, you know, what the Bible portrays. Even that, we need to allow the word to dictate our picture of what church community looks like. Rob preached the last two weeks of we are the manifold wisdom of Christ to the world. Could we see that promise actually take shape in our lives? Could we? Because don't look so much the last while, you know? That is a promise of the Father that we would be the manifold wisdom of Christ to the world. Like, that's going to have to be our standard because that's the promise and that's yes in Christ. And so we're going to say amen and we're going to walk with the Holy Spirit no matter what the contradiction until we see that promise of God established. Okay, so in the context of just... Little by little, we take the ground. God is writing a good story. He's been writing the story since the beginning of time. He planned Jesus and the restoration that would happen through the blood of his son. He has this cosmic, huge plan that our lives are a part of. And we fit into this great and glorious, huge expression of the Father's heart. And so your story, how you are living your story with Jesus is of utmost importance. He has got a grand and beautiful story for you. And that little by little tells me that he is the God of the slowly, the everyday. That place where you feel all the contradiction to what you know the Lord is birthing in your life. He's there and it's there that he wants to build stamina, grit, courage, dependence on him. He wants you to be so rooted in the nature of his faithfulness and his kindness there every day in your story. So he's the God of the slowly, the boring, where you think nothing is happening, everything is happening. Okay? And he's the God of the suddenly, that moment when that breakthrough comes, that moment when that healing comes, that moment when the provision knocks on the door, you open and there it is. He's also the God of the suddenly. But I want to encourage you to not get discouraged, just hold, hold on to his goodness, hold on to his faithfulness, hold on to the promise of God in the little by little by little by little. I am increasing and you are increasing and we are increasing and we are taking the land little by little so hold on let's hold on together when you can't hold on by yourself call a friend there are many who who are walking this journey guys may we look more and more like jesus um my gran had this little and that's where i love the story of uh, mary my gran had this tiny little photocopy like sheet of paper on her wall and she stuck it up and it said may Jesus be born in me may he grow in me and may he be in me all that he wishes to be may that be our prayer that we become more and more and we look like Jesus As much as we are ourselves and unique, and he's so delighted in our uniqueness, may we look more and more like him, and may we carry the Father's heart 
in a greater and greater measure over the weeks ahead. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this message. For more information, please visit thecollectivechurch.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.